What's up, Lamb Fam? Welcome back to the Life After Miscarriage podcast, where we unapologetically chat the ins and outs of what life is actually like after miscarriage. I'm your host, Shelly Metling, and with four angel babies myself and one rainbow baby here on earth, I have created a platform for you guys to share your stories. So sit back, relax, get ready to relate, laugh, and cry as we get real on what life is actually like after miscarriage in the 21st century. Let's face it, dealing with infertility and miscarriage can take a toll on our mental health. And when we're paying so much money to successfully start our family, we usually look for any way to save. I've partnered with BetterHelp, an online counseling service that matches you with a licensed professional therapist based on your therapy needs and goals. And they're giving Life After Miscarriage listeners 10% off their first month when you sign up through betterhelp.com slash L-A-M. That's betterhelp.com slash lamb. Now let's get into today's episode. Hello, everyone. We have Jenny Stevens on today's episode. I'm so excited to get to know a little bit more about her and her story. Jenny, I'm just going to toss it at you. Start wherever you'd like. Mm. Yeah, um, Shelly, thank you, like, seriously so much um, for having me. Um, yeah, I think I'm, I just want to echo and start by echoing Um, just that gratitude that I've heard from so many other women, not just like for having the space to share my story, but, um, just the fact that you have this, this platform and this podcast, um, it's helped me like, I think in more ways than I can describe, um, since this like miscarriage journey started. So yeah, I just wanted to start saying that, um, yeah. And just a little history about me and my husband. Um, so I'm 35 years old and I'm married to a wonderful man named Joe. Um, and this year was our 11th, um, wedding anniversary. So we met, um, we were pretty young when we met, we were both still in college and in our like very early twenties. So we were married a little bit later, um, still young, but in the summer of 2009. So back then, like we still had a lot of living to do. Um, We were just getting started with our careers. And um, we just decided early on that um, our priority was really us and um, being with one another, growing our partnership. Um, So certainly while like the topic of having children was kind of on again, off again for a lot of years, um, we really were on the fence for a while. And um, yeah, we both just like really loved our life together. And so honestly, we were just like very ambivalent about disrupting that. And I think we were a little scared too. Um, So when we fast forward to like our 30s, we're a bit more settled, um, just, you know, in life in general, and in our careers, and we started like taking routes um, in a new area, we bought our first home. Um, and, and it was around this time that we kind of more seriously started having conversations about growing our family and kind of what that might look like. So a very like long story short, it took us, um, the better part of a decade actually to decide that we were, um, like really ready to become parents. Um, but yeah, when we arrived at that decision, it was very solid. Like there was no wavering. There was no more ambivalence. And um, yeah, we were really like ready to do this. So um, I want to just offer like 
a little aside here in my story, um, just to normalize that we all have choices about um, expanding our families and kind of what that journey looks like for us. And I mentioned this because um, for a lot of years, we felt, um, you know, like under pressure. Um, and that was not just like on a personal level with people we knew, but also kind of like on a macro level from society. Um, you know, at times it was, it was clear to us, or at least it was our perception that our choice to not have children for so long was kind of like somehow um, unacceptable. So um, up until the miscarriage, you know, we were making a very intentional and conscious decision that we just weren't ready to have kids yet. And for us, like we dialogued a lot about it and it was really responsible and it was a really appropriate choice for us. Um, so I mentioned this as it relates to my miscarriage journey um, because some of this pressure and some of this expectation that we noticed, um, it showed up of course in my grief process. Um, and it made it uh, potentially more challenging than it, than it needed to be. Um, it, it kind of felt like, um, you know, it wasn't acceptable or it wasn't good that it took us so long to arrive at this decision. Um, and, then, and then for me, it felt like even after we kind of, quote, like did the right thing, AKA like decide to start to have a family um, because I miscarried that somehow I was a failure. Um, so yeah, there's just, there's just so many things in life that uh, take away our choices. And of course, like miscarriage is one of those things. Um, but I, I'm a really strong believer that um, we all need to work really hard at uh, feeling empowered. Um, and that involves like making the best, um, most appropriate choices for not just ourselves, but like our bodies and our lives. Um, yeah, so just wanted to kind of mention that. Um, getting back to my story a little bit here. So um, if we fast forward some years, so entering this year, 2020, and of course the <laughs> starts of the COVID pandemic, um, luckily, uh, Joe and I are both really, really good at being homebodies. So this time actually um, brought us a lot closer together. And honestly, I think um, was probably the catalyst in us like fully arriving to the decision that we were ready to start trying. Um, so in late May of this year, we made the decision that we were gonna um, like kind of casually start trying at least like not preventing it from happening. And um, we learned quickly in June, um, it was actually the day before Father's Day um, that we were pregnant. Um, and it was, you know, just one month of trying. Um, and even though, you know, it's just late September now and um, it hasn't been that long, um, that moment when we found out is just like very vivid in my brain and I can remember very clearly just like of course there was a lot of like surprise and shock and disbelief um, but there was so much joy and happiness um, when we took like the gazillion uh, tests just to confirm that yes in fact um, it was positive 
Um, so yeah, we really just weren't expecting it so quickly. Um, but we decided that we, and we were really intentional about who we wanted to tell. So some very close friends and family. And when we spoke about that, we decided, or we kind of contemplated like who would be there for us in the event that something happened. Um, so, you know, like we're entering this journey, you know, with the knowledge of course that like something bad could go down. And um, in fact, <clears throat> um, one of my very best friends and I've, I've known a few women in my life to, to have miscarriages and one of my best friends, even just like a few years prior with her first pregnancy um, had a miscarriage. So, you know, we knew that it was a real possibility, not just miscarriage, but like any, any kind of bad outcome. Um, so of course though, even with this knowledge, I remember thinking like, there's absolutely no way this is happening to us. Like it took us so long to make this decision. Like it happened so quickly. We are so solid about this, like no way. Um, yeah, so in the, in the coming days, we, we proceed to start telling our immediate family, um, my husband's parents and his siblings, um, just the next day on Father's Day, because that was kind of like too perfect um, to pass by. Um, and then soon after, my mother and my sister on my mom's birthday. Um, and as I said, a very few select friends and of course, like everyone is completely over the moon celebrating with us. Um, we were tossing around the, the idea um, early on about having a home birth. That's really important to both my husband and I. Um, so we started interviewing some local midwives. And at the same time, I had set up um, an appointment with my local OB office. I have um, some medical issues and like a thyroid condition. So we figure like we'll kind of start with both routes um, and make our decision after we have an ultrasound and kind of confirm like medically I'm okay. Um, so of course it's COVID and um, my OB's office elected to do my intake um, appointment over the phone. So that was at um, about six weeks and a couple of days. And uh, the outcome of that appointment was that they allowed me to schedule my first ultrasound um, just a couple weeks later, so at eight weeks. And um, I remember before my intake, they wanted me to wait, I think until about like closer to the 11 or 12 week mark. So this was a little bit sooner than we had expected. Um, I was surprised and like very thankful that um, at this time, so now we're in like late July, uh, the OB's office is allowing partners, thankfully, to come in for ultrasounds only. Um, so on July 22nd in the afternoon, Joe and I very anxiously and excitedly traveled to our first ultrasound together. Um, and so this is my first pregnancy. And I don't, I don't really have any kind of like expectations. Um, I don't really know what's going on other than the fact that like the tech, you know, she's doing the transvaginal ultrasound. And as I'm laying there and my husband is kind of like near my head, 
Um, I'm just getting like kind of curious because it's taking a while. Hearing like a lot of clicking, she's moving um, her tool around a lot. And I remember looking up at my husband at one point, just feeling like some concerns start to rise. But again, like I have no clue what's happening. Um, and I could see my husband was starting to get concerned too. Um, so the tech ultimately like moved her screen so that we could see the picture and she's just like pointing her cursor um, at the screen and she's just kind of repeating a couple of times like I'm looking for cardiac activity like see there's there's no cardiac activity happening here and that's at least all I remember she said um, but as soon as I heard those words I um, I was almost paralyzed and um, really like no words were coming to me in that moment. Um, so she, of course, tells us that a nurse, midwife or a doctor wants to see us, um, but we're like in the tech room. So we need to move rooms. Um, and I just remember like a lot was happening. Like they had to take us to a couple of different rooms um, where we would wait. And then like finally we were arrived at this other room and like an LNA came in, took my vitals. Like there was a lot happening all at once. And I'm still like very shocked. Um, and words still aren't coming to me, even though I think the reality of like what is happening is starting to set in. Um, looking at my husband and just like starting to break down. But um, I remember in that moment, like really wanting to kind of hold it together for some reason. Um, and I, I disclosed to him that um, I told I told him that I felt like something was kind of off um, because about a week prior, my pregnancy symptoms had kind of like notably improved. Um, but they were also kind of all over the place. So like, I didn't give it a whole lot of thought. Um, the week prior, I just was like, okay, I'm having like some better days. Um, so yeah, finally a, a midwife comes in and says, of course, something like, I'm sorry to have to meet you under these circumstances. And, um, you know, she's being very sweet and, and nice, but at, at this point, like still nobody is like kind of naming or acknowledging the truth of what has happened. Um, you know, even though in my brain, like I know what no cardiac activity means, like um, like no one's saying like your baby's gone or like there's no heartbeat. Um, and of course she's, um, you know, talking about the three options. Um, and I, I remember just kind of like trying to concentrate on what she's saying. Um, and also feeling like very distracted by getting angry about, about the language that's being used or not used. Um, not naming really what's happening and using, you know, like medical jargon, which I know she has to. Um, but, you know, in that moment, like I felt so weird, like hearing my baby being described as like contraceptive material and tissue. And the whole thing just really felt um, just so dehumanizing and just so sterile. Um, and that was honestly, at least in that initial moment, like that to me was kind of the most disturbing. Um, and of course it wasn't until when we left, um, that like 
the actual reality of what had happened or what we had learned hit me and of course like breaking down and um, life just felt very surreal after that moment um, and luckily I had enough sense to say like okay your brain's not functioning right now so like let's just leave think about these options sleep on it and make a decision um, so yeah the next day I, I did decide that I wanted to get a DNC um, I was I was just feeling like really ready to kind of move through um, and be in like the next stage of what I anticipated would be um, you know a really complex um, grief process so this is a Wednesday when we found out and um, they scheduled the procedure for the following Monday so after a very long, <laughs> um, very painful weekend. Um, we go into our local hospital to have the surgery. And again, I'm, it's still COVID. Um, and I, I just feel so blessed that our hospital also allowed my husband to come with me. Um, I, I truly like, don't know how I would have gotten through like any of this, but specifically that that portion without his just like presence and support. Um, he's just such like a laid back, funny um, man. Um, it was just a very good distraction um, when I was just like so emotional and, and really nervous about having the procedure. Um, I, at the hospital, was very, very happy to um, experience like some humanity and some compassion from the medical team that was assisting. Um, and this included the OB that was doing the procedure. She came in to talk to me before, before we went in um, to the operating room. Um, and I, had, I remember at one point um, before the procedure, I was crying and, and I was just like very aware that while I was extremely sad and emotional, I was just feeling so grateful that I was being treated with compassion finally like from the medical community and like an actual human who is grieving um so that was really really great um and the procedure went fine my my physical recovery went really well thankfully there were no complications and um yeah we had a lot of kind of different types of support in the aftermath of all of this um so just like on the topic of people supporting you and um, yeah, I've heard a lot um, from, from other women who have shared here that um, support can kind of be all over the place. Um, and I've had a similar experience in that, you know, some people, they just don't know what to say um, or they don't know how to support someone who's um, experiencing a loss like this. And I was really angry <laughs> um, in a lot of instances where, you know, someone might say the wrong thing or an unsupportive thing, I should say, um, or maybe just not say anything at all. Um, I was really angry at first. And honestly, depending on the day, sometimes I can still get angry about that. Um, my anger, though, um, kind of feels like some fuel that I think I'll tap into at some point. I've got some like ideas floating around on um, 
how I might shine a little bit of a brighter light for, for people who want to learn maybe how to support someone who's grieving this type of loss. Um, because I really, I really don't believe that people like inherently don't want to help. I think that they can get paralyzed sometimes by their own fears. Um, and we put a lot of emphasis, you know, on like getting it right. So I think people don't want to get it like quote wrong. Um, and I suspect also, you know, like issues and dialogue around death and mortality are hard. So, um, you know, all of those impact how people show up for you, of course. And we have a really long way to go in this specific area, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm hopeful that I can kind of be productive and maybe help with the dialogue um, at some point with this. Um, yeah, so, and I'll add to that, even before the miscarriage, um, I had kind of established um, a new counseling relationship. So um, when we made the decision to start to try, um, I was like, yeah, I, I need to start therapy again um, because I anticipated a lot would come up. So I'm really grateful that I kind of already had this level of support on board. Um, I'm a mental health counselor myself, so obviously I'm a little biased. I think kind of everyone should be open to therapy or try it at least. Um, but talking to somebody who has specialized training, so like the appropriate type of therapist who knows about grief, loss, miscarriage, et cetera, um, that's just a really lovely kind of additional layer of support that is, you know, like outside of your immediate circle. So um, it can make such a difference for so many people. Um, so yeah, that was definitely really helpful for me um, and still continues to be. And yeah, just a, a couple other things that my husband and I have found helpful thus far. Um, so we did decide that we wanted to share our story on social media. Um, I recognize that, you know, that's not everyone's way, but it felt really important for us to do so. Um, and we did it with the intention of not just sharing our story, um, of course that was part of it, but we also wanted just to raise some awareness around um, miscarriage and just, again, like be part of the dialogue um, to talk about the reality of like how common this is. Um, and also earlier this month in um, early September, I started an online fundraiser um, and that was in honor of our loss. And uh, we, were, we were really, really blessed and so grateful. We raised um, $650 um, for this beautiful organization called Black Mamas Matter Alliance. And they are um, a women-led alliance. Um, they do a lot of advocacy, they drive research, and they do all kinds of like wonderful, wonderful things. But they're working really hard at shifting the culture um, for Black maternal health and rights. Um, so that felt really, really empowering to give back um, as a way to honor our loss. Um, yeah, so the healing is kind of an evolution. It's an ongoing process for me and my husband. Of course, we 
we both have different needs when it comes to our process. Um, and for me, I, I suspect that, you know, healing is kind of like always going to be there um, to some level. Um, yeah, so it's been, it's been a little over two months since we found out about our loss. And um, yeah, we're doing okay. We're doing all right. Now, I always like to ask at the end of every episode, I'm sure you're waiting for this, right. um, if you have one piece of advice for somebody in a similar, similar situation, what would it be? Yes, I have a piece of advice, but it comes with a little bit of um, information too. So um, yeah, when I, when I get really emotional, um, as I think a lot of us do, like we we tend to look outside ourselves, right? We like look for the thing or the distraction or like very understandably so. Um, sometimes like ways to numb us or distract us from like the intensity of like what's going on. <clears throat> um, and so something I picked up from um, some of my studies with yoga along the way, um, and I've been practicing a lot, especially since the miscarriage, is this mantra that I find really helpful and it goes, um, the way out is in. The way out is in. Um, so for me, it's a reminder that in order to be like with my experience of grieving and to be kind of working towards healing, you know, as I see fit for myself and my family, um, I can't escape. And I can't look for ways like out of the suffering that I'm enduring. Um, so while I'm like certainly not endorsing that like you're living in misery or suffering like 24 seven, I do really strongly believe in the practice of just like going inward. And that might mean a lot of different things to a lot of different people. So like, you know, another way of saying this is like feeling your feelings or even deeper than that, like maybe befriending your feelings or even your grief. Um, yeah, for me, the essence of this mantra and this practice, um, the way out is in, is just like permission to like be with this, like whatever this is for you. Um, so like being with this anger, be with this sadness this pain, this suffering. Um, and also like while you're being with it, you know, going in instead of going out, maybe, maybe also practicing like being a mother to yourself. Um, so we can bring in those qualities, you know, the qualities of like patience, compassion, safety, unconditional love. Um, yeah, that's my advice. I love that. I love that that is new. Like I have never heard that piece of advice before, and I absolutely love it. Um, if somebody wants to reach out to you, where can they do so? Yeah, so I'm on um, social media, both Facebook and Instagram. I would say um, I'm, I'm probably a little bit more active on Instagram, but I have two different accounts that folks are welcome to check out. Um, my personal account is. Um, let me just check here. Underscore Jenny, J-E-N-N-I Stevens, S-T-E-V-E-N-S, and then another underscore at the end. Um, that's my personal account. It's private, but um, I am happy to accept requests 
um, to follow. And my business account, um, which is public, is Embodied Directions. Um, so yeah, that's my business for mental health counseling, yoga, and Reiki. So might be some good resources on there as well. Awesome. And I'll link both of those in the description of this episode as well, so that it's easy for people to find. Thank you so much, Jenny, for doing this. Thank you did you, amazing. And Thank you. Yeah, I loved, that always sounds so weird. I loved everything that you shared and it was just very <laughs> healing for myself. Too, oh, so I appreciate good. that. I'm so glad. Yes, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Best of luck. Okay, thank forward. you so much, Shelly. <laughs> thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you share it with a friend who could find it useful or share it on your Instagram stories. Tag myself, tag my guest, so that we can personally thank you. This is a Lamb Fam, you guys. We're not in this alone. We're creating this ripple effect together. <laughs>